Hello, and welcome to another episode of Not If I Reboot You First. It's a podcast where we take popular properties and reboot them before Hollywood has the chance to. Uh, it's kind of like brainstorming fanfiction, we've realized. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Tanner. And with us today, we have a very special guest. He is a powerhouse of Pokemon, a more phenomenal master, and a student of Kingdom Smarts. It's Jake Mason. Hello, you are way more prepared than I am. <laughs> I am I'm the king of being overprepared. I actually have a list of guest wish lists that also have like the <laughs> the notable things I can say about them when they show up. You're already ready for it. That's that's great. I, I do um on you mentioned the morphine grid, every time we have guests on, I forget the questions we ask every single time. So you're you're doing a lot better than me in that department. <laughs> <laughs> My my favorite guest questions on anything is from Digimondays, where they just ask the guest, why do you think you're here? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Jake, what do you have this week for us? So I, when Tanner and I were emailing back and forth, they were like, you pick it and then doesn't matter if we know anything about it, we'll have a fun time. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let me give it a shot. How familiar are you with Resident Evil? I have heard about it. Okay. I have seen stuff about it. Tanner, have you ever played it? I have never played the games or seen the movies. The movies are one of my parents' favorite franchises. <laughs> I love the movies, especially because they the first one has literally nothing from the games in it. It's like they, they're like, we can call it Resident Evil, but we're not allowed to use anything but zombies. The second one, they're like, oh, we can use the stuff from the games from the IP that we own now. Okay, let's do that. And they just used everything they possibly could. Uh, but I, I want to turn Resident Evil, which is a weird military slash HGTV zombie kind of movie, because <laughs> uh, the whole first one just takes place in a weird house. Um, I want to turn that into like a CW show. <laughs> oh, I dig it already. <laughs> I don't know how. I think that's what we're going to do here today. And since you, neither of you know, seems like anything about Resident Evil, it should be pretty easy to just reboot it from the ground up. Yeah. Yes. Anything is good when through the lens of the CW. Yeah. So you know how Riverdale, I'm assuming everyone in the world watches Riverdale or has seen Riverdale at some point, right? Yep. We have tried to rope as many people into it as we can. <laughs> uh yeah. So you know how it's like, it's Archie, but it's just like they're named the Archie characters and like that's kind of it. And like Archie yeah. has red hair and like that's, they're like, yeah, good enough. Look at Jughead. He likes burgers. He doesn't eat one until like the second season, but he does say he likes them sometimes. Yep. I think that's as close as we need to get to Resident Evil because honestly, the CW doesn't care. So just, you know, you got the names, you got a zombie, you're probably good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So here's a couple things I feel like I, I should mention about Resident Evil. Uh, the first one takes place in a house. Uh, <laughs> it takes place in the Spencer, Spencer Mansion, if I'm, or maybe that's a different game. It's been a minute since I played them. They, there's, the two main characters are Chris Redfield and Jill Valentine. They're members of the elite, I guess, town specific SWAT team stars. It's, I don't think it's clear whether or not Stars branches out anywhere outside of Raccoon City, but there definitely is an elite team of people. They crash or something. They get to a house. I don't. I honestly have no idea why they're in this house. I haven't played the game in like 
12 years. They they get to a house. <laughs> there's zombies now. That's a problem. There's a bunch of puzzles. It's very obtuse. Uh, it turns out that there's this uh, pharmaceutical company called Umbrella that is making zombie drugs called the T-Virus. Turns people into zombies once they die. That's not the important part about Umbrella. The important part of Umbrella is that they are so dedicated to being evil that nothing else matters. <laughs> Excellent. I, I think I did see you tweet about that a few times. <laughs> in the movies, like the in, like, I don't know why. Okay, so they in the second game and in the second movie, they nuke Raccoon City. Or I guess in the third game and the second movie, they just nuke it. There's too many zombies. Can't do it. So they just say like, there something's gone wrong, biological, whatever. No one knows about the zombies. They nuke it. In the third movie of the Resident Evil movie franchise, they're like, oh, this is our opportunity to go post-apocalyptic, and apparently that nuke set off a chain reaction that ended the world, and now zombies are everywhere, and it's just like Mad Max times, but in, <laughs> but with zombies. Which is weird, fine, but the best part about this is that Umbrella Corporation is still trying to, like, make monsters, and, like, be the most evil, but, like... You can't rule the world. It's destroyed. There's nothing left. And they're like, doesn't matter. Make sure this guy's shoulders has eyeballs. That's it. Like, <laughs> So I, I feel like that's all you really need to know about Resident Evil, the franchise, is like there's Umbrella Corporation who are just evil incorporated on a weird level. And then there's like some people who have to deal with zombies around that. I mean, you already mentioned Riverdale. I feel like Hiram Lodge would love a position at Umbrella. Oh my, he would he would own Bones there. He would be so good as an Umbrella executive. <laughs> yep, just evil for evil's sake. Oh, and I still need to catch up on Riverdale. <laughs> I haven't seen any of season three. Apparently Dungeons and Dragons is killing people. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> um... I've only seen the first two episodes, but it looks like they realized, oh, the Sabrina spinoff is actually in its own continuity. Well, then we'll have to be even more Sabrina than Sabrina. <laughs> I still haven't seen Sabrina, but I hear that the only way they can like out Riverdale Riverdale is by having like the literal Christian devil there. <laughs> yeah, and then they got sued over it. Yeah, because they had a statue of Baphomet and... Um... Oh, who was it? The Church of Satan was like, that's ours? Really? It's like a copyrighted image? Yeah, apparently they copyright a god. They used the registered trademark Satan instead of public domain Satan. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Baphomet is the one from The Wicked and the Divine, where he's just a shitty teen with great abs. Yep. <laughs> I feel like... I feel like I well, I'm very behind on Wicked and Divine. I, I'm like three trades in. Uh, but he, I know Baphomet showed up in that time, and he was pretty good. I did a Baphomet cosplay for a con once, and no one recognized me. Oh, bummer. Oh. Yeah, it was like I I I went up to like the one girl who I thought who would know who I was because she was dressed as the version of Angela that Kieran Gillen wrote, and it was like, ah, oh, I love Kieran Gillen's works, and she's like, yeah, I love all this stuff too, and she said nothing. Like, oh, <laughs> I, I guess. I guess not me though. <laughs> <laughs> I love all of it. I don't like. I don't know anything about these specific issues of Wicked and Divine though that you're probably cosplaying. It was just. It was the one time he wore a shirt. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> That's that was the whole trick. You should have just taken your shirt off. There you go. No, no, <laughs> that would have had a whole different problem. <laughs> no, they would have recognized you immediately. <laughs> um, I I don't cosplay at all. So like, 
kudos to you. I feel like every cosplay I could do uh, is someone who doesn't have a beard, and if I shave, I look like I'm 12, so that's just not going to happen. Uh, I saw the, I saw people razzing your brother over him accidentally shaving. Oh, he flew too close to the sun. He was trimming. He's yeah. like, oh, no, it's uneven. I was like, bummer, dude. Got to get rid of it and start over. <laughs> yeah, there are very few men with beards who can pull off the like shaving off their face without, without either being very baby-faced or looking very German afterwards. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I have to also, I mean, maybe I'll, I'll look like a German baby, but uh, I haven't <laughs> I haven't shaved in like four years, so I don't even know what's under here anymore. I'm hoping it's still a chin, but, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to take the risk. There are certain things man's not meant to know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so Resident Evil, um, I'm not 100% sure how your guest process goes, so I don't know, I don't know what the, if there's anything else I should be doing. Uh, you're, you are our entire second guest. Okay. <laughs> so basically, w- walk us through what your reboot would look like and give us any background info that you feel we'd need to understand the context. Okay, so I think... So the movie franchise, like I said, is like nothing like it in the first movie, and I feel like that's actually like to its benefit. So I feel like the first season has to be like a bunch of characters that you know, well, that I know, that neither of you know, uh, from Resident <laughs> Evil, and then... Like, that's it. Like, you don't need to go to a house until, like, you know, the 10th episode of this 12-episode season. Like, you don't need to... Like, there should be zombies, but, like, it should not be a one-for-one. Because then it would literally be zombie house hunters. And that is probably a good show by itself. But I don't know if, like, you need to take Resident Evil there. Uh, Because, like I said, the whole first one is just, like, in a house where it's like, you need to get to the yard. Well, I hope you have three medallions, and I hope you know where the statues are to push around. It's like an escape room. It kind of is the first escape room. <laughs> if there was a Resident Evil escape room, I would be all over that. Minus the zombies. That's the when it gets stressful. And when I say I played them, I mean my friend Eli played them, and I watched and was like, here's how you solve this puzzle. I can't fight these zombies. I'm too scared. Yeah. <laughs> that is fair. Um uh, there's also another game, Resident Evil Zero, which is a pseudo prequel. It takes place like a little bit before, but basically at the same time as the first one. It's in another mansion because they're like, just do it again. What if it was that, <laughs> but like two different characters? One of them was also on Stars, I think. Her name was Rebecca Chambers. She's the medic. I'm trying to remember characters' names other than Leon Kennedy and Claire Redfield because they were in the game that just came out. Uh, I guess we'll come across them as we need it. Um, Wait a second. I I do know the name Leon. Was that Prison Break Man in the movies? Uh, no. He, Prison Break Man played Chris in the movies. Okay. Um, which is great. If we can talk about Wentworth Miller for a minute, I we love can. him because he never learned how to act, and that's my favorite thing about him. He acts <laughs> okay. Well, if if you're saying he never learned how to act, then he was clearly born to play Captain Cold. Oh yeah, no, Captain Cold is literally the perfect role for him because it is like exactly in his wheelhouse. But if you if you look at like the first the first thing I ever saw him in was like the first Underworld movie. I think he was like, <laughs> yeah, he was in it for like a second. Oh he, yeah, he was like a Scott Speedman's doctor friend. I don't really remember. It's been a minute since I've seen it. But he was, like, pretty good in that, and everything else he's ever been in is, like, the same. He's just, like, this, like, flat, like, trying real hard, but I don't know what he's going for in every single thing. And then in Captain Cold, it's like, oh, you were going for Captain Cold when you were in Prison Break, but you just didn't know that yet. He was just (laughs) dropping subtle hints the whole time. Yeah, and then they're like, okay, you can be Captain Cold. And he's like, all right, good. And they're like, oh, my God, this is it. 
This is this is the one. Yeah, I didn't recognize Wentworth in Underworld because he had hair. Right? That's the other thing, is he shaved it all off and got rid of his acting. Well, he also, I don't think he had hair when he showed up in an episode of Buffy either. Uh, yeah, that was in season two. That was uh, Go Fish. Yeah. But I should have picked Buffy. Is it too late to change? Can we just like start over and do Buffy? That would probably be a oh, good we'll, reboot. We'll do that for your next episode. Okay, all right. We'll save it for next time. Uh, Buffy's <laughs> my favorite show of all time. I can, like, I'm pretty sure Go Fish is season two, episode 20. I know the production numbers on all of them. Oh, that skills. Nice. I don't want to say I was mildly obsessed because I feel like that undersells it. And I don't want to say I was very obsessed because that just is not a great look. But yeah, I it's a it's my favorite show. Um, now I just want to talk about Buffy. Let's get back to Resident <laughs> Evil. Oh, no. um, so what's your favorite Buffy episode? Mine's a Zeppo. <laughs> uh, let's let's try and parlay it in. Which Buffy former cast member would you put into Resident Evil? Oh, um. They're all they're all like older now, so I don't think any of the main characters. But I would like to see Sarah Michelle Gellar as like the head of Umbrella, as like the evil boss of this terrible evil pharmaceutical company, because she hasn't done any acting in a long time, and I think that's a crime. I think she does mostly voice acting now, actually. Ugh, Sarah Michelle. She's she did. She did, did she do a Star Wars thing? Was she on? I'm the pretty st- sure she did a Star Wars with Freddie Prince. Yeah, um, she's mostly like a mom on Instagram that I follow because she's just like a fun mom now. Valid. Yeah, she does. She has like a food company. Um, like uh, uh, it's called Foodsters, I think, and I don't know what it is. I think it's like here's a recipe and just add water and put it in a cup and nuke it for a minute. Um. But yeah, I think she's a really great actress, and I don't think she's ever gotten to play, like, over-the-top evil, and I feel like that would be really fun for her. She, if I remember correctly, she was, I don't know if she was evil, but she definitely had some over-the-top choices in Shortland Street. I don't think I- She was in Cruel Intentions as Catherine Mitriou. Oh, oh yeah. yeah! She was, uh, she was the the one with Cruel Intentions, I think. yeah. <laughs> I've read the book that it's based off of, and uh, Madame de Metriol is fucking evil. <laughs> uh, I have so not read if, that book, but I'll take your word it for it. It's very good. So if that character grew up to become the head of Zombies <laughs> Incorporated... <laughs> yes. Because at some point, there's got to be the scene where someone confronts her, like... Why are we making zombies? And because that's not the intention of the T virus. It's like to like regenerate cells. But then like, oops, zombies. Because you know how zombies do. Uh, we tried to bring things back to life, and we accidentally brought stuff back to life. Whoops. Yeah. Well, who could have? Who could have thunk? Uh, but I feel like there's got to be that scene where she's just like, "Oh no, I love that there's zombies now. Because like now I can rule the world with zombies." It's like how? What? It doesn't make any sense. Apparently, she's Negan. Uh, I also have, I know the name, I have seen maybe six episodes of The Walking Dead. <laughs> well, that's better than me. I got through two episodes, and then I'm like, okay, too bloody for me. I got through 15 minutes. <laughs> that's the thing. I can't watch horror. I can read it, and I can look at it, and I can listen to it even, but I can't watch it in motion. Um, I, th- I think you should check out the Resident Evil movies, because they are horror, but not like... 
actual horror. The first one might be a little bloody because they were going for a lot of shock value. There's a scene in the trailer where a guy gets cut up with laser grids and turned into like a bunch of chunks. Um, it's in one second and it like it's the thing they brought back in the fourth movie when they come back. I don't know if it's the fourth, the third or the fourth. It's got to be the fourth movie um, where they come back to the mansion for some reason because you know they're like let's do that thing from the first trailer again where we cut them into chunks. Other than that, it's mostly like R-rated action than anything. They're pretty bad, but I love them. Like they're not great <laughs> movies, but Mila Jovovich is in them, so like yeah, I'm on board. She seems like she's having a good time. Oh yeah, yeah. I think she's built her entire career around action horror anyway. So I think so. I th- I think that might be where it started. Because I don't know what she did before then. Were, were they before or after Fifth Element, or at least the first one? Uh, definitely after. Because okay, Fifth Element yeah. was like 90... Was that 95 or 97? It feels like 97 to me, but I don't know. It has a very powerful 90s aura. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, the first Resident Evil movie was like 2001, I think. Yeah, okay, Fifth yeah. Element was in 97. If Oh, she was also in... Uh, Dazed and confused. Oh yeah, she see she didn't kill any zombies or fly any planes, the space planes in that one. So I just didn't recognize her. <laughs> <laughs> she was also in Zoolander right before Resident Evil. Oh uh, yes, I remember her. She played Katinka in the Marvel and Nana. <laughs> That's her. <laughs> um, she plays Atlas in the movies. She is a movie exclusive character, uh, which is a shame. I would like to see her. Um, Atlas is a Woman with amnesia who has to go into a lab because she has no other reason not to. And they're already above it in the house um, because Resident Evil, the first one has nothing to do with the games at all. And then the second one, like at, at the end of that, she like unlocks her like CIA training or whatever. When she gets a little bit of her memory back, she's like and like a basically a human weapon. And then literally by the end of the third one, she can like literally kill you with her brain. Like she's. She's a superhuman because uh, her body bonded with the T-virus like nobody else's, obviously. <laughs> if she's not a zombie, she's a vampire. Yep. <laughs> and she's always a... She's a zombie. With, like, Black Widow-level martial arts skills. Yeah, uh, and, and two swords that she used a lot in the third one. Were they swords? <laughs> they were Kukrai, I think. That might be nitpicky. Um, I kind of want her to just to show up as like unrelated person in the show because I feel like that's you, you got to get the cameos in a CW show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like the plot of the show if it's not going to be evil HGTV and not just iZombie, which is another show on the CW that's actually really good. It is so good. And I missed like the past two seasons. I need to get back into it. Same. I think um, I, I watched like the first season in like two days because my friend Jeff was like, you should watch it. I think you'd like it. And I was like, all right. I mean, Rob Thomas, who created Veronica Mars is the showrunner. So like, yeah, maybe I'll like it. And then like a day later, I was like, why did you do this to me, Jeff? This is just going to be my whole life this week. (laughs) It's like for me hearing the siren sound of HBO miniseries with Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg. And it's about world war (laughs) two. That's your brand. Oh yeah. That's the sweet spot. Mm hmm. They should do another one. Yes. It's been a minute since... Uh, Band- was that Band of Brothers? Band of Brothers, and then later it was uh, The Pacific. 
Oh, he was in the Pacific, wasn't he? Yeah. I almost said Pacific Rim. <laughs> I think Tom Hanks should also be in Pacific Rim, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> Pacific yes. Rim 3, Tom Hanks, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the second one was about at all, um, which is a shame. I think it's on HBO. I should probably check that out. But uh, yeah, the third one, we just got Tom Hanks up in there. I think this is a, the perfect endgame. Here's here's the thing about the second Pacific Rim. No spoilers, but they tried to put so much in there and that there is so little character development, which does work in his favor in some spots because you can't tell me that Scott Eastwood and John Boyega's characters are not ex-boyfriends. <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing in the text saying they weren't. Uh, now I gotta see this movie. Uh, I, yeah, I, I heard that, um, that the problem with it is that it is like, it's very unfocused, except that it really wants to be a Pacific Rim sequel, which like is admirable because John Boyega like took his Star Wars money and made this movie. Yeah. Which is just bananas. And it makes me love him so much, but like, uh, I don't know. I, I want him to get a third one and be like, we should get Guillermo back. See what he could do with a third one. Um, Trying to circle back to Resident Evil in a graceful way, and I just don't think I'm going to be able to do that. We have no grace. That's, no. that's fair. Um, I definitely should have picked something that either of you were familiar with, I think. No, this is good. It means that we can, we can imagine it without any prior knowledge, <laughs> which I find can sometimes be a really big boon if you're going into something that you know is a, an adaptation, but you have no idea what the source material is. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so here's the thing that I'm terrible at, casting, because I don't know any actors outside of the people on Riverdale. Um, I don't know any, like, contemporary, like, 20-something actors at all anymore, except for, like, the Riverdale kids, and, and I'm not even, I can't even remember her last name, so I guess I'm not gonna, it's Abby something. This is gonna bug me. I'll think of it in, like, three days. Um, so here, here are, like, the main characters. There's Chris Redfield, who is, like, you know, your wonder boy secret eight not secret but like swat team agent uh there's jill valentine who is your wonder girl swat team agent uh there's leon who's like a new cop like it's his first day on the job and like ah beans is a bunch of zombies now there's uh claire redfield who is chris's little sister who's trying to find chris after the events of the first one uh i'm trying to think of who's in the third one jill's back in the third one and there's carlos Oliveira, who is on a second discreet SWAT team that is not SWAT, but is not stars unless he is on stars and I'm forgetting. Um, but I'm pretty sure they just like helicopter in some boys in green. And they're like, we're going to, we're here to help now. Who else is there? I think that's all the main character. Then there's like Stevie from Resident Evil code Veronica, but he sucks. So I don't think we need to cast him. Um, <laughs> and there's Billy Cohen who is a criminal who breaks out and has to team up with Rebecca in zero. Um, I don't know how you can make this a TV show now that I'm saying it out loud. I think we should just turn it into evil HGTV for, for the first season. Now that I'm thinking about it. Would it be like set in a really fancy suburb where they're like gearing up for their whatever block party or something? Yeah. Like the, yeah, the homeowner association is putting together this block party and way off in the distance, there is an evil looking mansion. <laughs> and by the end of it, zombies are definitely so coming out. Some late Victorian mansion on the hill. Yeah, it's like yeah. Frankenstein's mansion, but just like in town, just like in Raccoon City for whatever reason. 
I'm going on the Resident Evil TV Tropes page just so I can keep track of some of these characters. Though I will say, who did you say was the new cop? Uh, Leon. I feel like we should just put KJ Apa as Leon. You know, when I was watching season two of Riverdale, the only thing I could think was he would be a good Leon. Because <laughs> he just looks, he's just that like dumb, fresh faced boy who's like, I have great abs and that's it. That's where I am right now. He's got big aw shucks energy. <laughs> yes. And then if we're just casting Riverdale uh, kids, I think Lily Reinhardt would be a pretty good Claire. She seems like it, like an intrepid younger sister who also can kill zombies. Because just based on the one thing I've seen her in, she seems like she could do a murder. Yeah, I see it. Play Dark Betty for the whole show. Yeah. Yeah. That's the weirdest thing about Riverdale, I think, is Dark Betty. And that's saying something. Yeah, that is true. It is. It, like, it shows up every once in a while, and it's like, okay, okay, bets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hang on. So did you say Betty was Jill? Uh, Rebecca. Oh, Rebecca. Okay. Because out of the action squad, if we have Jill and Rebecca, Jill could be Madeline Petch. Cheryl. Uh, I think so. You know, actually, who I think would be a really good Jill? I don't know the actress's name. Uh, who plays Tony on Riverdale? Vanessa Morgan. Yeah, I think she would be a really good Jill because, uh, like, in the first game, you can pick either Jill or Chris to play as. And the story is, like, very slightly different depending on who you go with. Uh, Like, Chris has a lighter so he can light zombies on fire. And Jill has a lockpick so she can do something useful and get into, like, the rooms that you need keys to get into. But, like, also, like, she still has to, like, fight a giant snake and huge spiders and these weird, like, gremlin things that are in the basement. Um, And the entire time she's just, like, sassing her boss who, like, is in contact with her. Uh, Her boss's name is Barry. But at one point, like, she like, gets a shotgun, and that's trapped. The whole place is trapped, basically. And so, like, the ceiling starts coming down, and he resets it. He's like, you were almost a Jill sandwich. She's like, shut up, Barry. And, like, just goes <laughs> right back to doing her job. Um, I think I think uh, Vanessa Morgan could, could pull that off pretty well. Okay, so the big bad of the series is Albert Wesker? Oh, yes. So is that Sarah Michelle Gellar? Um, I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Albert Wesker is um, trying to think of he starts out on stars. I think it's not super clear in my memories, Um, but then at some point he just like becomes the like poster boy for umbrella and like their lead field guide slash CEO. It's very complicated. I think it gets blown up in a volcano. It gets weird. It just gets real weird. uh, The farther it goes. Like, the fourth game is when, like, things start just, like, going, like, way off the rails. Um, I say the fourth game. It's sort of a Kingdom Hearts situation where Resident (laughs) Evil 4 is, like, the fifth or sixth Resident Evil game. But, like, he's, like, Leon's in Spain. And, like, there's zombies, but they're not zombies. They have, like, this thing called Las Plagas, which just makes your head uh, giant, like, knife bugs sometimes when you blow them off. It's weird. It gets real weird. And from there on, she's like, ah, anything goes. Um, but like, I think having Sarah Michelle Gellar be Albert Wesker and having her always be the CEO. And then at some point, just like, I'm just going to inject myself with this T virus, see what happens. Um, and then she gets weird mutant superpowers and glowing red eyes. 
because she's evil. You have to show they're evil somehow. How else would you know if their eyes don't glow red? Well, exactly. If it works on Power Rangers, it'll work in Resident Evil. I, if it I, works on Teen Wolf. <laughs> I've never seen a Teen Wolf. Um, uh, sometimes their eyes glow red. Okay. So you've given us a lot of building pieces for the show. So here's my idea, is that, like, it would start with them gearing up for their PTA festival or whatever in the Raccoon City suburbs. Yeah. Which, can I, how do you end up with a, a whole town, a whole city named Raccoon City? Um, how many raccoons? I'm assuming that, like, Gerald P. Raccoon was the founder. Or, or the woods surrounding Raccoon City are just lousy with those little trash pandas. <laughs> but they, they clearly love them. Yeah, like, it started off as Raccoon Town back in the 1800s, and then they just kept growing. There's just, the more we grow, the more the raccoons grow. <laughs> you can only fight them so long. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you figure you make more trash, you're going to get more raccoons. Yep. It'd be like... That one time Toronto had a funeral for the raccoon they found. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but just on the daily. That's that's not the one that like was really high up on a building, right? Was that also in Toronto? I feel like that would be no, because I think that one lived in Toronto. It was just like someone found a, a dead raccoon on the street and put some flowers by it, and it just became a thing. <laughs> oh man, that sounds great. Well, Toronto is also just infested with raccoons. I heard that they took over a bank one time. Like <laughs> <laughs> They already have the little bandit masks. Where else would they go? Yeah. <laughs> See, we we have some raccoons that like to mess around in the garden and dad has borderline gone full caddyshack on them. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Uh, we had, I'm from, uh, New Hampshire. I live in Texas now. There's not like a lot of anything except for this really weird bird called a grackle. It's like if crows were really stupid and preferred to walk. Um, <laughs> grackles are amazing. If you get a chance to look them up, they just like do not care about anything. Um, I work at a, at a target and sometimes they will walk into the target <laughs> and like sneak around until they can go steal some popcorn that fell down in like food <laughs> Ave and just like get it and then walk out. I've seen more grackles walking on crosswalks and sidewalks, and I have seen grackles flying. They are the weirdest bird. Um, I love this bird now. They're they're amazing. They are they are too stupid to live, and yet there are infinity of them in, here in Austin. Um, but back in New Hampshire, we had you know your regular manner of you know northeastern wildlife. Uh, we had some like a, a couple families of raccoons over the years. Uh, they kept trying to get to our trash to the point where my dad like built a little shed for the trash cans so they couldn't get into it. And then they broke the lock on it and got in anyway. It's just one of those like hook locks. But these like three or four raccoons were like, we're getting that trash. <laughs> Let's see. Ottawa has a l enough raccoons forever and we've also got the green belts around so that's where they live and we've got an ordinance where you can't kill the raccoons you have to send them <laughs> over to the green belt so you gotta give them a little uh, you gotta put them in a little wagon just like carry them over yeah pretty much <laughs> and then there was the time y'all also have skunks oh yeah there was also the skunk that was hanging around the uh, post office <laughs> yeah just like chilling you know doing whatever not bothering anybody and apparently not bothered by everybody else and then back in October, we got a bear in uh, downtown. 
Nice. Yeah. Did he also take over the bank? <laughs> no, but he nearly took over the Beavertail place over by like the Hudson's Bay department store downtown. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was quite the morning. It's an industrious bear. Oh, yes. And then here, one time I was driving Lindsay's brother home, and when we got to his doorstop, there was a porcupine sitting there. <laughs> Just chilling. Sounds about right. Oh. Yeah. Then one time in Calgary, a coyote chased my school bus. <laughs> Just oh. one? Just one uh, coyote? Just one. He was having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> Chase those tires. Yep. Yeah. All so, right, so... So back to Resident Evil. Back to Resident <laughs> Evil. Um, so you've got the the House Ho- Homeowners Association Festival going on, and your local Avon lady has been distributing the new product from the Umbrella Corporation, and oops, some housewives have become... They're desperate housewives for flesh. <laughs> uh, y- yes, can we get Eva Longoria back? What's she up to? Is she Alice? Um, maybe. I think she could, I think she could pull it off. I think, um, like, Mila Jovovich needs to be the mayor of Raccoon City and just very upset how, at how many zombies there are now. Yeah, this is too many zombies. Just way too many. This is not my campaign promises. We gotta get rid of these zombies. I'm never gonna get reelected. <laughs> um, so, th- so the PTA, like this, this whole, like, not PTA, that, that's the second one. They do yeah. go to a school <laughs> in the second movie. Um, they also go to a church. They hit all the, you know, all your extra places. And then the third one, they drive in the desert because uh, the world is done because zombies. Uh, yeah. So the Homeowner Association, they're about to like cookout, barbecue, block party thing. Oops, zombies. Stars get sent in. Uh, the cure is in the spooky mansion up on the hill. So like, I feel like some people go up there and but everybody else gets like cut off. And then we just get like a tour of these houses, but, you know, while you're escaping zombies. Mm-hmm. We could even start with a bit of a slow burn where Stars tries to solve it a bit more covertly. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, like, a slow burn, like, uh, I'm a hero? Uh, it's a zombie manga, and it's sort of, like, a fairly realistic depiction of how people oh, would right. react. Oh, right, I got that for to... Ryan. Huh? I think that's the one I got for Ryan, because it's like, yeah. he's a neat, but he's like the only person in his entire apartment building who owns a gun. Yeah, because he's a gun neat. Yeah. Yeah. It's in Japan, so that's a rarity. Yeah. Yeah. They've got stricter gun laws than us. It would hard to have. It would be real hard to have looser gun laws than us. <laughs> oh, us. I forget you're Canadian. Sorry. <laughs> No one said borrowed yet, so I didn't like register. Um, not trying to yeah. dig at you. My my friend's wife is Canadian. And every time I'm like, just say it, just say it once for me, please. Um, <laughs> um, I I I, t- I told Tanner this. I think accidentally on on a Discord. Um, my like Canada to me is Saskatchewan, <laughs> and I'm the only human alive that that is like that's what Canada is, right? It's just Saskatchewan, <laughs> and then Montreal. That's the only place in Canada I've actually been. <laughs> everyone else forgets about Saskatchewan, including Canada. Yeah, because everything about like Canadian media is Toronto-centric. Yeah. And then it's like, hello, there's other people here. <laughs> We're flyover country. 
Yeah. Unless we're talking about Canadian comedies, most of which are in the Maritimes. Yes. Is that, is, I don't know what that means. Is that Saskatchewan? <laughs> that's that's the, uh, the, the East Coast. Our okay. Atlantic coast um gotcha nova scotia new brunswick prince edward island and kind of newfoundland but they also consider themselves a separate thing because history reasons and also they have their <laughs> own dialect of english that sounds great i know about nova scotia because that's like the fancy uh vacation place for people in new hampshire <laughs> uh, i don't know i don't know if it's like <laughs> i don't know if that says something about nova scotia or that says something about new hampshire uh, <laughs> but possibly both it might be a little bit of both and then yeah. uh you know vancouver is where they film every single television show so exactly yes that's, that's the other part but roddy piper is from saskatchewan so like that's my go-to that in calgary because of the, all the wrestling families that come from calgary <laughs> yeah apparently <sighs> um Lindsay, correct me if i'm wrong but didn't nova scotia only join canada by accident basically <laughs> <sighs> I think Nova Scotia was kind of forcefully roped into Confederation because George Brown had no other choice. Uh, and yeah, there's been issues ever since. Now, I'm I'm terrible with geography um, as it applies to anywhere in the world, but specifically <laughs> places that are not like my immediate area. <laughs> the provinces are real long, right? They're like pretty tall. Um, uh, the the western like, ones are yeah the western okay. ones Quebec and Ontario are pretty wide and then the territories are more I guess long ish so like Saskatchewan is a rectangle just, it would just like cut the country in half if it didn't if it didn't become part of the the Canadian Federation <laughs> yeah well that would, that'd be kind of great yeah. So basically, prior to Confederation, you had, like, the four original British colonies. Um, Ontario, Quebec, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia. Ontario and Quebec, for a time, were known as Upper and Lower Canada. Okay. Because there's the St. Lawrence River, and it runs uh, southwest to northeast. So the upper part's, like, the upper part of the river. Okay. Yeah, so... It goes like that. And then they got together because of various geopolitical, economic <laughs> reasons. Cough, cough. Britain had no money. Cough, cough. Sure. And then the rest of Canada was owned by the Hudson's Bay Company, a fur trading company that is still around today. <laughs> it's a that's amazing. Store. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, crap. We're almost bankrupt. We got to sell off as many assets as possible. And that means entire provinces to them yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's wild why aren't there why don't why doesn't canada get more uh more play everywhere it sounds it sounds pretty great up there because we're too nice yeah we don't sell ourselves enough that might yeah. be it canada's actually really easy to understand once you break down everywhere stereotypes because you got british columbia this is the dope smoking hippies <laughs> then alberta is cowboys and oil money saskatchewan sure. is the banjo picking inbreds <laughs> Okay. According to uh, Manitoba. Winnipeg, Manitoba, who was solely defined by the city of Winnipeg. There's nothing <laughs> else there. Literally the only thing I know about Manitoba is that Winnipeg is there because again, Chris Jericho is from Winnipeg. Everything I know about Canada comes from Canadians and my friend's wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Manitoba's also got like more Ukrainians than Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ontario is the center of the universe. Yep. Especially uh, Toronto. Quebec is French, unless you ask the French. 
They have an entire complex about how France left them in 1759. Uh, I went went on a school field trip to Six Flags in Canada. I don't know why we went all the way to Canada to go to Six Flags. We also were like in in Montreal for like, you know, the city for like a minute. But mostly we went to Six Flags. And I have never seen someone so disappointed in me (laughs) as when I walked up to someone there and she said bonjour. And I said hi in just my super like... (laughs) just like very rural new hampshire accent and her face just dropped <laughs> and it was just like oh it's one of you <laughs> Modi anglo and i'm like yep <laughs> give me some cotton candy yeah i spent a grand total of four months in quebec city and i got many a fucking anglo look <laughs> Uh, um, also, they call SpongeBob Bob La Punch. That's yeah. That's the other thing I know about Montreal. Let's see. There's also the Maritimes. For me, at least, they all kind of blend blend together. Except Prince Edward Island has more potatoes, and also Anne of Green Gables. And then there's Newfoundland, who didn't join. <laughs> yeah, they didn't join Confederation until 1949 because of various reasons, and got screwed during World War One. Like, holy shit! <laughs> and uh, they have an act. Well, I said they have a dialect. Like very thick Celtic adjacent. That's awesome. Yeah, like think pirate accent mixed with Irish, and um, they round their eyes. So like when they say like um, when they say the name Mike, they say Moik. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I feel like that's a like a someone started that as a joke. They're like, okay, <laughs> like look, we're here, we don't like it, so let's just all like do a, a bad dumb accent and just make everyone leave us alone. And then they just didn't stop. It worked. <laughs> Uh, that's yeah. amazing. And then, oh yeah, we forgot about the territories. Well, yeah, well, the territories are ba- they do kind of mesh together in the Canadian consciousness as well because they're just the northern parts. It's just like the the Canadian wilds, right? That's what it feels K- like. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Uh, the main standout is uh, Nunavut because it got uh, separated from the northern territories, northwest territories, the, in from the 99? northwest territories. Yeah, yeah. Which was a wild time for elementary school students because we had to completely retake geography now that we had a new territory. (laughs) (laughs) And their big thing is, um, I think they're officially bilingual, like uh, uh, New Brunswick, but their two languages are English and Inuktitut. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. It would be kind of like if in when Jake, you were in elementary school. And all of a sudden, you woke up one morning, and on the radio, they were saying, like, the top half of Texas is still Texas, and the bottom half is New Texas. I mean, there was a, a minute a couple years ago when Texas was like, we're done. We're really seceding this time. And I was like, <laughs> okay, Texas. And then Austin, the capital of Texas, and a blue dot in a red sea was like, if they secede, we're still going to be part of America. <laughs> oh. So oh you will you will have to fly over a different country to get into us, and then I guess the rest of Texas was like, never mind. Yeah, um, it'd be like an East West Berlin situation. Yeah, it yeah. would be absolutely wild. I was living, I you know that was when I was living in Austin, which I mean I still am, but I was also living there then. And I was like, if they do that, like, do I have to move back to New Hampshire? I don't know if I can do that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the rules are going to be. Not that I leave Austin very often, but like it, it'd be nice to know I could. Yeah, um, Canada. We've had a few secession crises from Quebec because fun. They're they're <laughs> very French and very nationalistic, 
ever since the 1960s when General de Gaulle was like, Vive le Quebec! Vive la France! Vive le Quebec libre! <laughs> and yeah, I think we've had like three uh, referendums on secession, on Quebec secession. They failed every time. Well, one mm-hmm. of these times you're bound to get it right, right? Yeah. I feel like uh, I learned a lot about Canada uh, more than either of you learned about Resident Evil, and I feel like that's probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> there was a net gain of knowledge on both ends. Yeah, yeah. maybe re- maybe this new Resident, maybe Raccoon City is in Canada now. Maybe Raccoon City is just Toronto. <laughs> it's just the, yeah, yeah. It's um like Markham or wherever. Yeah, just that whole area. There's at least one really big pharmaceutical building. That means that in season three we get to nuke Toronto. Yes! <laughs> Try being the center of the universe now. <laughs> uh, you're going to have to move to a different city in Ontario. I could not tell you one gun to my head. <laughs> yes, I am living in one, the national capital. It's not, uh, it's, not, it's not Toronto. Yeah, and then there's also like Kingston, Hamilton, uh, Windsor, but Windsor is also like a part of Detroit, basically, so I don't know if that's an improvement. I, you know, it's... Eh, they're not doing great up there. Detroit, Detroit's had it rough for a while. Yeah. Everyone who escapes from Raccoon City ends up in Letterkenny. <laughs> <laughs> so, now that we know it's Toronto is just Raccoon City now. <laughs> just just a one-to-one you know, uh, find and replace. The first season's got to be in the suburbs, and the second season is like in the city at large, which has been... Completely taken over by zombies. Yeah. That's just, that's the third the third game is like you run around Raccoon City. The second one is like in a police station, which is also weirdly trapped. Um, like there is you have to get these three medallions to like open up the sewer to get out. It's a whole thing. There's a breaker, like the breaker rooms have like chess piece plugs that you have to line up correctly. Because this is all designed by, like, one very eccentric man. There's always that one really eccentric person who designs the weirdest shit. Yeah, and he just, like, all the important places in the Resident Evil series, he was like, that was me. I love (laughs) puzzles. Ernest P. Raccoon decided we're going to put puzzles in every public building <laughs> you don't you don't notice them until you gotta get out because there's zombies and then you're like ah where am i gonna find three identical shields and replace the lions and the wolves and the bears with different colored versions of those we got the <laughs> silver ones we need the gold ones These puzzles get really obtuse over time because there's not a ton of ways you can go with it yeah, so I think I think uh, in spite of the tangents and uh, impromptu Canadian history lesson, we did a pretty good Resident Evil show. <laughs> you know, I think uh, probably definitely some room for improvement, but it's not going to come from me at this stage. And hey, it'll probably be better than like The Walking Dead. Yeah, that um, I did. I think I did watch the first season of that, and then I tried watching the second season. They're like, "What if we're in a barn the whole time?" And I was like, "Oh, this is boring. I'm out." Um, yeah yeah. even hearing people talk about it sounds exhausting yeah and then like they just they keep trying to like get darker with it but it just sounds like they're making it more and more boring and i'm like i don't know if that's the same if that's what you want to do but it's the most popular show on tv so like what do i know 
Yeah, and um, spoilers, but apparently, for whatever reason, they thought that they could get darker than, oh yeah, no matter what, everybody's going to turn into a zombie once they die. Yeah, that was like the trick and like the like the big hook at the end of season. No, they, I don't. I don't know how I know. It. I think it was in season two, and I stopped watching by then. But I probably just heard it through cultural osmosis. Like, what, we're all zombies. We're the Walking Dead. It's like, oh, I see what you did there. All right, cool. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> don't care. There's no hope. Peace. Yeah, that I think that's maybe a, a thing we got to avoid for Resident Evil. The show is like you don't just automatically turn into a zombie. Yeah, we got to yeah. have at least a kernel of hope that we can get through this. Yeah, we can get on that helicopter and escape the nuke that blows up Raccoon City. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Somehow not get irradiated ourselves. I mean, it's TV. That's what helps them bond with the T-virus and become the superhumans. Yes. Yes, besides, television doesn't understand nuclear weapons anyway. No, it's, it's, you know, I mean, we all saw the first season of Heroes. (laughs) We pretty much got it, right? Like, bomb, bad, don't. (laughs) What else do we need to know, really? I totally don't have to rehash the Cold War. Yeah. (laughs) I think we've actually made something that would be pretty entertaining. The only thing, other thing I would add is that since you kept on mentioning it was HGTV, we should have the Property Brothers cameo at some point. <laughs> oh, I I feel yes. like I feel like everybody on HGTV should be a zombie in the the cul-de-sac. Like the, we got to get Chip and Joanna in there. We got to get um, uh, what are I love Flipper Flop, and I can't remember. There's Tarek and. His now ex-wife, and I cannot remember her name for the life of me. Nicole, I don't remember her last name either. Nicole from Rehab Addict, she's really good. The Holmeses? Are the Holmeses HDTV? Uh, they circle in and out. Mike Holmes yeah. and and company. That guy's great. Yes. That, that's that's yeah. a real good dude. Yeah, build it right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I loved his show where he's like, I'm just going to come in and fix your houses that someone else screwed up. And every episode, he just got so mad at the people who made these mistakes. He's like, this isn't <laughs> even close to what you're supposed to do. Like, what were they thinking? I was like, oh, you take your job very seriously. And I like you. Yeah. Especially the episodes where um, he goes into former grow up houses and it's just like mold, mold yeah. everywhere. Oof. Just yeah. like, well, we're going to take the walls out, I guess, and try again. <laughs> Knowing the Canadian government, they're probably going to hire Mike Holmes to rebuild uh, 24 Sussex Drive. That's where the Prime Minister lives. And basically, it's <laughs> fallen into disrepair because nobody in any of the parties can decide on what to do with it. Well, I can't think of a better guy to fix it. And also, I would watch the hell out of that show. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm just picturing like they're trying to shoot an episode of House Hunters in the neighborhood as the zombie outbreak happens and it's like oh well i really like the granite countertops and the open floor plan kitchen <laughs> love love the wrought iron fence don't like the zombies that much yeah maybe if we can get a place a little closer to the city and with less zombies in it yeah is that the framing device is it starts off as just like an episode of not house hunters just like the serial home finders filed. yeah home finders and then like oops it's gone wrong. Yeah. We were looking for a place that is close to the city, but also the beach. <laughs> a good school district. And then zombies. Yeah. <laughs> and preferably less zombies. I mean, we are really close to a, the train station, so like that's nice. <laughs> but there's also a lot of zombies all over the neighborhood. 
And the other thing I just thought of, I don't think it was on HGTV, but remember Extreme Makeover Home Edition? Yes. Yes. So they do a whole, bus driver, move that bus! And they move it, and there's just zombies all over the place. (laughs) Just a bunch of zombies. (laughs) Uh, Then, in the season finale, they use that bus to get out of the cul-de-sac. Exactly. You just bring it back around. (laughs) Half of the season is them trying to find gas for this bus. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The the Chekhov's bus. Yeah. (laughs) Season two, it turns into diners, drive-ins, and dives. (laughs) Uh, What's the... um, No, maybe it is. I'm just thinking of Flavor Flop. There's one where they're like, we're just going to buy the worst houses and like fix them up and sell them for an astronomical profit. It's like, it's that. But you do have to clean out the zombies now. Like, yeah, the, the foundation's uneven, and you there's an, there's you know an addition that's not zoned properly. Also, there's a hundred zombies, and one of them is actually so big that we gave him a new name, and he can kind of talk. And that's Nemesis. <laughs> we didn't even get into the weird monsters that like pop up later. Uh, they experiment on people to like get the T virus better, and they make Nemesis. The only thing he can say is stars. Because he he's programmed somehow. Because he's also got a computer in him. It's a video game, um, <laughs> and so he just hunts down stars. Like that's his whole thing. Um, the fir- like I said, the first movie nothing to do with Resident Evil the games. The second movie, Nemesis from the video game walks out into the movie because they're like, yes, we can use the things we paid for this time. Oh. It's 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 wild. It's a wild series. Um, but yeah, I th- I think we made something pretty good. Yeah, I think I think that is actually a pretty good spot to wrap it up on the, the I guess the cliffhanger for season two. <laughs> yeah. So in that case, Jake, where would you like to be found on the internet? Uh, well, I'm on Twitter at JJ underscore Mason. I've got probably too many podcasts to list, so I'll just do some greatest hits. There's the Morphin Grid. Uh, the three you mentioned earlier were the Morphin Grid, which is an episode of a recap of Power Rangers. We're in Time Force right now. It's great. Time Force rules. Uh, there's Pokemon World Tour, which is a town-by-town recap of the Pokemon series. We're on hiatus. We're about to start hoeing. I'm not excited for that because that is my least favorite, but maybe I'll get a new appreciation over the next season. I hope so. Um, uh, I just I just haven't given it... Like, when I was little, I played it on, like, a road trip, and I kept losing to this one... I, like, the first time you fight Maxi, I just kept losing to him because I had a Torchic, and it was bad. Ah. Um, and then I was like, this game sucks. And now I'm just like... That's all it is. It's just, it's, it's a bad memory now, but I'm like, maybe there's a good game in there, Jake. It's been 20 years. Give it a break. Um, what else? Uh, cool kids table is a RPG show where we play a bunch of different RPGs wrong. Um, we, we take the bones of them and we just kind of, we do what we need to, to make it work for us. Uh, there's Pokemon World Tour United is an actual play of Pokemon. Uh, that's pretty fun and cute. And we try to not fight because that, it's hard to edit and takes a long time. Um, so like all of our decisions are made around us being like, what if we don't fight and talk instead? What else? Kingdom Smarts. Shannon Manor has 30 minutes a week to teach me about Kingdom Hearts, which I had zero prior knowledge of. Um, and it's mostly just me screaming about like these boys that I'm very attached to now that I've never actually played or seen in any sort of context except for what Shannon has told me. <laughs> um, and there's others. You can just find me on uh, on Twitter and I'll, I'll tell you. you there's yeah. links. You'll see him. All right. Lindsay, how about you? I'm at LindsayM476 on Twitter, and you can get to all of my other social media bullshits from there. <laughs> Tanner, where can people find you? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart, and you can also find me on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for Not If I Reboot You First, and it is pronounced Nerif. <laughs> <laughs> and you can also find this podcast on Instagram at Not If I Reboot You First, all one word. And the hashtag is Nerf, same as uh, Twitter. Yeah. You can also email us at notifireboot at gmail.com. Send us in your comments, your criticisms, your uh, suggestions for reboots that I can add to my ever-growing list. Or if you want to be a guest on this, like our dear friend Jake now, I'm going to put out a bigger call for this because this went pretty well. The can recommend. Fun time. Yay. Seal of approval. Yes. The last thing we do on these episodes is we give a hint for the next week's subject. Hey everyone, uh, this is Tanner and Lindsay from the future, just butting in here quickly, because shortly after we announced that we'd finished recording this episode, we got a few other people asking to be guests, including uh, one person who's bursting in on us right next week. So we are going to be delaying Lindsay's episode for another week, or however long we need to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's fine. And in that place, we're going to give some new hints that we potentially got because they listed several that they might be doing. So the options are a musical. That should be much queerer. Okay. And I feel like I know what that might be. Yeah. Um, or they might be doing a comic with a great concept and a terrible everything else. Okay. I hear that and all I can think of, is it Youngblood? <laughs> uh, the answer is always Youngblood. <laughs> <laughs> The answer should never be young blood. <laughs> um, and in that vein, a superhero. The the final hint that they uh, the topic they might be doing is a superhero that should have new movies and or TV shows. And off the top of my head, I can think of like eight of those. Yeah. So. So. Those will be fun to see next week, and we'll get you guys back to the end of this actual episode. How do I lock down Buffy the Vampire Slayer for when I'm on next? Because I will, I do want to talk about that. I'll, I'll make a special note, and then when you're ready to come back on. Okay, sounds good. I was going to mention the first time, maybe we'll time it so that uh, when news starts coming out about the, the real reboot, you can come on for your reboot. Oh yes, I keep forgetting that's a thing, because I desperately hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> Alright, but until next time, we'll see you all later. Bye! Bye! Bye, I don't know if I do it. Bye! Yeah, you, you can say bye. Alright, <laughs> sweet. Bye! Hey, remember when we were talking about Resident Evil? Uh, yeah. Vaguely. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like this is this is going to be a wash. Sorry, this is your worst episode. Uh, oh, no. It's the, just just like two days ago when we did Small Soldiers and talked about Small Soldiers for all of 20 minutes out of an hour, <laughs> we mentioned that the more tangents a podcast has, the more powerful it becomes. Yes.